Hey kings and queens, welcome back to another episode of Tortured Souls. Poetry was something I found at the exact time I couldn't put my feelings or thoughts into words. It really helped me feel seen. Back when Pinterest wasn't regulated, I would look up depressing ones, and although I felt seen at times, it hit super hard, and sometimes doing that was not good for my mental health. In treatment, we couldn't have a lot of electronics, so I had to find a variety of other ways to keep myself busy. Poetry books were some of them. Whenever I had a pass to go off-site, my parents would take me to Barnes & Noble and we would buy a bunch of them, so then the next time I would see them, I could be ready for more and it would keep me busy. I used those mini post-its to tag my favorite pages. I would go back to them and reread them over and over and over again for like years and add like new tags. I am someone who collects a lot of things and so when I found authors that were kind of my favorite I felt the need to get all of the books or a lot of them. Recently I donated a bunch of them and it was like really hard for me to let go of them. It was kind of bittersweet. Those words just meant a lot to me at the time and I know that someone else will also benefit from those, so donating them is like the best way, but it was hard to get rid of them. Towards the end of last summer, I got this book called Clarity and Connection by Young Pueblo. He is my favorite poet. He only has two books out right now. This book changed my life. Reading this book helped me realize that I was in a toxic relationship. It's helped me with my attachment issues. I first learned about attachment when I was at a treatment center in Carlsbad. On my first day there, my second group was the attachment group, and I'm sitting there learning about the four styles and everything is making sense, like why I do and act the way I do. I remember the therapist saying something along the lines of, it's not our fault, we have these beliefs and styles. It is our responsibility to unlearn, but nothing is inherently wrong with us. I felt so seen. I just really loved that group. I like would refuse to schedule in any individual treatments or meetings or anything during that group. It helped me so much to see patterns and behaviors within myself that I hadn't previously recognized before. Since then, I've learned quite a bit about attachment stuff, and I have an anxious attachment style that has gotten a lot better. It's a work in progress, as is everything. This book gave me some clarity, lol, hence the name. I wanted to share some of the poems for those who need it. I highly recommend like going and finishing the book and his other one is called Inward. It's really good too. There are five chapters. The first one is self-awareness, unbinding, the love between us, growing, and a new life. So yeah, these numbers just randomly came to me and so I'm going to read those pages for you. Chapter one, self-awareness. Page six. Maturity is knowing that when your mood is down, you should not trust the way you see yourself. Page 12. Friction inside your mind will keep overflowing into your relationships until you process your emotional history and understand how it shapes your ego, perception, and reactions. Page 27. It is easier to trust people who recognize when they have made a mistake and are not afraid to apologize. This is a sign that they have enough humility to be open to growth. A fresh start begins with forgiveness, and trust is greatly deepened when changed behavior becomes consistent. Page 39. Self-awareness is noticing the rhythm of your thoughts, feeling when they are clear and when they are out of sync, knowing when to take them seriously and when to let them go. Not every thought is valuable. Most are just the sounds of impulsive emotional reactions. Page 44. As our self-awareness deepens, we begin to understand that much of who we are and how we see the world is formed through the accumulation of past emotional reactions. 
These moments of intense feeling leave their mark on the subconscious and predispose us to repeating certain behaviors. The rapid movements of the mind are so subtle that we can feel as though we are the makers of our present destiny. In reality, the past is constantly pushing itself into the present, inclining us towards replicating old emotions and thoughts. The insistence of our mental past gives us little room to decide for ourselves how we actually want to feel. The past does not take into account how things truly are. The same way patterns accumulate, they can be released. Letting go is possible, but it requires courage, effort, and an effective healing technique and consistent practice. The mind is immensely vast. It takes time to unbind old patterns that recreate the past when we begin to develop self-awareness and a calm mind. The stories and patterns embedded in our subconscious begin to surface, to release. When we travel inward, we may hit a particularly rocky layer of the mind, a sediment of conditioning that has been thickly reinforced. When we let go of the hardened inner layers, we often feel the impact of their release in our personal lives. The storms of yesterday or the heaviness of past moments rise to the surface. We may feel as though we're on the edge of turbulence and disharmony as we open ourselves up to deconditioning. Real growth is recognizing these moments and treating ourselves gently as the storm passes. Chapter 2, Unbinding. Page 52. It sometimes feels as though time has helped us heal, but all it has really done is teach us to live with the wound. Just because we have stopped thinking about the harm of the past does not mean it is fully healed. The passing of time allows what was first on a conscious level to sink deeper into the mind, where it becomes a quiet yet powerful lever that forces us to behave a certain way. Underneath our conscious thoughts remains the impact of a harmful yesterday. Healing requires moving inward with patience, honesty, and courage. If we do not address our accumulated subconscious patterns, they will simply remain there, always affecting how we think, speak, act, and act. Our accumulated wounds and conditioning will restrict our flexibility and cause us to get stuck in a loop that continues repeating the past. Page 67. Sometimes the end is sudden and you are left without closure, heartbroken and unprepared for such a sharp change. For a while, you live in a mind that is half there and half full of regret, wondering what if. For a while, your heart only feels grief and your mind only sees gray. And then life starts to call you back into its arena of possibility. It reminds you that all is not lost and that even though a chapter ended, there is still a longer story to be told. With time and intention, wounds lose their heaviness. Healing fills the tough parts of your being and you awaken the light of love within yourself. In time, you will return fully into the precious now with a heart that feels refreshed and ready to move forward. Page 77. When you are in an unavoidable situation that is frustrating, treat your mental energy like a precious resource. Instead of fueling your frustration with more agitation, which will only make your mind more cluttered and tired, realize that change will eventually wipe all of this away. Page 83. There may be times when you feel like a lot of what you've understood no longer makes sense. This might make you feel as though you have regressed, but it is actually a sign that you are opening new space for deeper wisdom and greater perception. When your previous understandings disintegrate, they are not always immediately replaced by better or deeper understandings. When you take your growth seriously, you will often find yourself in this in-between state. It is okay to live without clear answers. Growth is not about forcing understanding. It is about allowing it to grow organically, shedding and expansion. Chapter 3, The Love Between Us, page 99. It is easy to cause friction and unintentional harm in a relationship when you do not know yourself and have spent little time addressing your past pain. How many relationships have folded under the weight of unprocessed trauma, unhealthy patterns, and unchecked reactions? Page 105. Throw away the idea that you need to find a perfect partner or a flawless friend. All people are imperfect. What is possible is connecting with someone who is doing their own inner work. They will have more practice with authenticity, holding space, intentional growth, and self-awareness.
page 111. Blind loyalty does not nourish anyone. Supporting those you love in their ignorance, or even worse, continuously tolerating the harm they cause you is a serious act of self-betrayal. When you see your loved ones doing wrong or walking into deeper darkness, do not follow just because of an old bond you may share. You do not need to sink together, you do not need to burn together, you do not need to crash together. Even though it may be hard, sometimes you have to listen to your deepest sense of well-being and go your own way to preserve the good inside of you. Page 125. When an argument starts, your goal should be to arrive at a mutual understanding. It helps to become aware of the inner tension that is impacting your reasoning. Notice your level of attachment, explain yourself clearly, listen with patience, find the balance between honoring your truth and reflecting on your partner's perspective. And remember that success is both of you feeling heard. Page 139. Having conversations without assumptions or projections brings a couple closer together. Taking turns to really listen, using compassion to reflect on the other person's perspective, intentionally checking in with ourselves during the conversation to see if we are being honest and clear. This makes a difference and builds real harmony. When both partners try to bring a high degree of presence into their interactions with each other, it sets the stage for true love to rise above discord and for understanding to cool the fires of confusion. Page 143. Some friendships are so profound that when you spend time together, it feels as though you have slipped into another dimension. A space where you both feel free and safe to share the realest versions of yourselves. A home where time stops and joy shines without limits. Chapter 4. Growing. Page 155. Real courage is listening to your intuition even when society and people in your life advise against it. A lot of advice comes from fear, people wishing you to stay with the herd and do the normal thing. Taking a calculated risk is not recklessness, it is fearlessness. Page 168. You do not need a partner to feel whole. You do not need to have everything figured out to feel successful. You do not need to be fully healed to feel peace. Embracing yourself as you are reinforces your worth and decreases the friction in your mind. Page 174. Inner peace is not feeling perfect all of the time or not caring about what is happening. Inner peace is feeling and being with your emotions without reacting to them. It is the calmness that emerges when you embrace change. Page 186. Getting unsolicited advice is one of the best tests and a great time to check in with yourself. Are they saying this for my benefit or their own? Does this advice connect with my intuition? Can I still treat them with patience and compassion even if their advice felt unnecessary? Chapter 5, A New Life. Four teachers that give free lessons. Change, water, solitude, being. Page 204. Progress is acknowledging where you are and where you want to be without allowing the space between the two to cause you mental tension. If anything, it should inspire you to continue moving forward peacefully and diligently. Having goals without attachments produces faster results. Page 213. It is not about having light and kind thoughts all the time. It is about not feeding the heavy and mean thoughts, literally letting them pass without allowing them to take root and control your actions. Page 222. It is important to understand yourself, but most of healing is not an intellectual process. It is more about feeling without trying to avoid. Page 233. People working on their healing, the ones with new love in their hearts, more self-awareness in their minds, a greater ability to manage their reactions, who are actively undoing their patterns and biases, are helping to create a better world. Your compassion creates real change. Page 243. This is also the last page of the book. It is to the benefit of your inner peace not to harm others. Let this truth settle into your mind and awaken when things get tough, when you think revenge will calm your heart or erase the pain you have felt. Remember, when you think spreading the turmoil you feel will ease the fire burning inside of you. Remember, when you think making life harder for someone else will avenge your pain. Remember, it is to the benefit of your inner peace not to harm others. 
Let this truth settle into your mind and awaken when things get tough. And then I just wanted to read a bonus page, page 223, because I really like this one a lot. How we act is greatly impacted by the subconscious patterns that control our perception of reality. How we feel is deeply affected by our past emotional history. Heavy emotions that do their best to recreate themselves in the present. What we see can only become objective and clear when we observe, accept, and let go of what was silently waiting deep within us. When we rise above the past and use our effort to respond to life intentionally by having the perseverance to build wiser habits, we open the door wider to living in a new way. The ones that specifically talk more about romantic relationships, sometimes I like to look at them as relationships with myself or even just relationships with my friends, my parents. I found a lot of wisdom in this book that I try to incorporate in my daily life and it's been extremely helpful on my personal development and spiritual awakening journey. I highly recommend looking into attachment styles and finding out what yours is. It's a really, really helpful guideline, I guess, to kind of guide you through your journey and look for patterns that relate to those actions that contribute to why you have the attachment style that you have and how you can unlearn them so you can get to a secure attachment style. I hope in the best way possible that this resonated with some people and that they can take this advice and use it in their lives. A friendly reminder that doing your best looks different each day and that that's okay and to give yourself compassion for that on the days that it might not look like you want it to look. And on that note, I'll talk to you in the next podcast. And in the meantime, stay cool, be you, and peace.